The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Listen, this is very significant, what uh, Chipo and Tafar have done here. This is uh, no, small, no small thing. If, anyone, if anyone's hosted a conference or put on a conference, this is excellent. And uh, we are very happy to be here. Me and uh, Billy were talking. We're very happy to be here, praise God. So this is, this is a great place to be. And uh, this is very significant for the continent of Africa, I believe. You know, I, I, um, Billy taught me this actually. Don't make more of something than it is, but don't make less of something than it is. And this is very significant. This is a, this is a this is a milestone right here. You look back and say those grace in the marketplace. I was at the first one. So already we're talking about next year, and we're going to need a bigger venue. And and uh, whether we speak or not, that's not the point. The point is, this is a marketplace conference for for believers to make uh, na- nation and, and uh, um, kingdom transformation. Praise God. You know, bring, bring the kingdom into into nations. And into cities, praise God, city and nation transformation. So, I think it's awesome. Congratulations on being here for the inaugural, the inaugural grace of the marketplace. Amen. It's good. So, uh, thank you for talking about partnership, Jafar. That's a blessing. We have these cards out there. Just so you know, um, this is uh, we have a, a completely separate um, offices here in in uh, South Africa. They're based in Cape Town. So, if you do partner with us, all the money stays on the continent of Africa. So what we do is, is we use the, the finances that come in here in, in uh, Africa, for Africa. So we, we'll use it towards, it's all going to go into missions, it's all going to go into evangelism. So it's going to go on our television uh, airtime here in Africa and, and um, uh, mission trips. We actually send, we have an evangelist we send to Africa fairly regularly. You may get to hear from him. So he comes over to different nations in Africa. So we, we're really believing uh, for, for this message to go across Africa, praise God, for people to understand how good God is. And how empowered they are, praise God. Our tagline, if you like, in our ministry is empowering believers in the promises of God. So it's really not about me and Carly. I praise God it's not about me and Carly, I'm just saying. Because <laughs> if it was, we'd all be in trouble. It's not about me and Carly. It's about the message. It's about the Word of God. It's about God empowering people. And, you know, I know it's an old adage, but, you know, you don't give someone a fish, show them how to fish. And we get very excited to watch people take these truths and run with them, praise God, empowering believers in the promises of God. So the Word of God taught in a practical way that's going to empower you to live it out yourself, praise God. And, and Jesus came to give you an abundant life. John 10.10, 10, uh, he came to give you an abundant life, life to the full, praise God. And I believe the abundant life is available for every person, every, every, every man, woman, child, young, old, Fat, thin, black, white, uh, educated, uneducated, whatever. It's available to every single person, praise God. God is no respecter of people. He's a respecter of faith, praise God. And he loves us all equally. Everyone's his favorite. Amen? So you're his favorite this morning. Isn't that good news? That's good news. Well, praise the Lord. I'm excited. We've got a, we've got a, um, I've got to connect this, haven't I? I forgot to connect this. Let me connect this up right here. And today, so, so yesterday... I, I taught on how to buy and sell things and make money. Today I'm going to teach on, a, on part of that, but it's going, to be, it's going to really help you because today you can apply this. Well, I'm going to teach you today. You can apply it to every area of business. You can apply it to, to buying and selling things, negotiating, things like that. You can also apply it. Are you helping me here with this? Are we good to go? And then we can. There we go. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Thank you. So you can apply this to, to this is not just a... Um, uh, just about buying and selling things. This is actually, you can apply this. In fact, I've used this for raising my kids. I've used this, I've used this in friendships. I've used this in marriage. I've especially used it in business, and I've used it in making money. But what we're going to look at today, you ready for this? We're going to talk about negotiation. How to negotiate, amen, how to negotiate. Did you know you can make, there's a lot of money on the table to be made just in negotiating. That, that alone, I've made a lot of money just by negotiating, nothing else. I've taken the same product or the same thing, and just by negotiating, I've made a lot of money. And I could say to you, probably, if, it, if there's one thing that's, that's really helped me in the buying and selling and making money, it's been negotiating, and, and um, so it's, it's, it's going to bless you. So anyway, this is, this is good. So negotiating is often looked at as a negative thing. So a lot of times, I don't know here in South Africa, but in England especially, and America, negotiating is looked at a negative thing. Oh, you're one of those tight wads, you know, you're trying to... You're trying to beat people down. You're trying to ring people out. You're trying to get something for nothing and, and all that. 
I'm going to show you the positive side of negotiating today, okay? Because God's heart is that everyone is blessed. God's heart is never to take from people. God is the, the biggest giver, so he always wants to give. So some of the things I get when, it, when, when I talk about negotiating, some of, the, some of the pushback we may get or we may think, maybe you're, right now you think negotiating, I don't want to learn about negotiating, you're already starting to cringe. One thing is, you know, it's embarrassing. I don't want to negotiate. Just, just go in there and just pray the, pay the asking price, whether it's a store, whether it's a business, Whatever it is, let's just pay the price. Let's get in there, get out. I don't want to look cheap. I'm gonna, you know what I mean? <laughs> is that what you like? So we're getting confessions here, confessions of, of negotiators. So just pay the asking price. So who's the negotiator? Jafar, you negotiate. Is that what it is? He sends him in. She says, sends him in, and, and, and Chifo leaves feeling embarrassed. So it's embarrassing. So in your flesh, it can be when you start negotiating. I'm going to show you it doesn't have to be that way especially in business and things like that, it's, you don't get over that part. That's just your flesh. That's just your flesh, Chipo. You gotta, you're going to have to repent. She's going to have to repent. We're going to pray for Chipo. Pastor Chipo needs to repent. Of it. So, and, then, and then people say, I never know how to start. So they're there, and, it's, and it's, it's awkward. You don't know how to start. What do I do? They're asking this much, or the deal is set up this way. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to start, you know, uh, I don't know where to start. So it's, it's difficult to know where to start. Sometimes they say, I don't want to look like a cheapskate. I don't like cheap. I'm, I mean, I'm trying to be respectful. I'm trying to, I don't look like a cheapskate. I don't look like any witnesses here. Okay. <laughs> so, so these are some of the things people say when you start talking about negotiating, okay? So here's some, of the, here's some of the people you may have dealt with or you may have seen or you may have an idea about when we're talking about negotiating that type of put it off. The first one is I call him Mr. Squeezer, Okay. Mr. Squeezer, okay, and here's what Mr. Squeezer does. Mr. Squeezer is someone who squeezes the deal so tight, okay, like it doesn't matter what it is. In fact, I've got a friend, true story, I've got a friend who in, in America we have Walmart, right? It's a big superstore. I don't know what would be the equivalent of Walmart here, Pastor. Game, okay, so big superstore, macro, and then we have a, like a, an even bigger, like a wholesale superstore called Costco's or Sam's Club, okay? He was on the phone to his wife, and he said, she, he said, aren't you going to the Costco's, like the cheaper one? She said, no, I'm going to Walmart, which is already like the cheapest one. He said, well, if you go there, make sure you get the manager out, and you make them price match the milk, the gallon of milk, against the other one, because they charge like two cents more in this one than this one. Now, the person is a millionaire, making his wife go in <laughs> and price match the milk in game against the macro, whatever it is. So Mr. Squeezer, he's going to squeeze the deal. And what happens with Mr. Squeezer is that often he, when he squeezes it so much, it, it takes out the life out of it. He takes the life out of the deal. In fact, he leaves a bad taste in everyone's mouth. It's tough, one of those things that you, it, feels, it feels bad. Even innocent bystanders get hurt. How many of you have been in a deal? You've been in a business deal or something, and you're cringing. I've been there, and someone's fighting, and I was like, look, here's 20 bucks just going by. I mean, it's like... This is too, this, you know, when your skin starts crawling, you think, oh, this is terrible. What is he doing fighting over, over a dollar? Here's $20, just go. And we don't like that, right? No one likes that out. And it's right because it's, it's a wrong way to negotiate. So Mr. Squeezer, he'll squeeze the deal. And he'll, make, he'll, make, uh, he'll squeeze it over the smallest, mar- smallest margins. And he believes that he should get the best deal at any cost um, because he believes that he, can, you know, he, he deserves it or she deserves it. And often they'll come in with a little bit of an entitlement mentality. Okay, now let me just say this. I might upset some people this morning, but you know what? I'm catching a plane this afternoon, so you can't catch me. I'm gone. <laughs> so, in fact, I'm, this is a good actual, that reminds me. I forgot about this. I should have done this at the end or at the beginning. But anyway, I'm going to be in Cape Town tomorrow. So if anyone wants to come out to Cape Town, I'm going to be, the details are on my website. But if you've got friends or relatives or enemies in Cape Town, then send, I'm going to be in Stellenbosch, I'm going to be at, uh, at Kingdom Light Church, and then I'm going to be in, uh, I've got my own event uh, called Immeasurable Sunday Night, which is going to be held in Grace Life Church. So the details are at my table back there. So anyway, I'd love to see you in Cape Town. So I'm catching a plane this afternoon, so I don't mind upsetting you. Is that okay? <laughs> Faithful the wounds of a friend, right? But deceitful the kiss is the enemy. So if I'm, if I'm, if I'm not hurting you, then, it's, then I'm not your friend. So anyway, why did I say that? I can't remember why I said that. We're talking about negotiating. Mr. <laughs> Squeezing, squeezing the deal. Does anyone remember where, where my train of thought was? So anyway, if, if you, the point being is if you, if you squeeze a deal so much and you put money before people, if you start to make it about the deal, oh, that's right, if you feel entitled, well, I'm a Christian, I'm a pastor, or I'm, a, I'm whatever, I'm this, that, and the other, I deserve a deal. Oh, I've had people go in and say, do you know who I am? And I'm like, evidently not. <laughs> and they say, 
I'm this, I'm that, I need a deal. You need to give me the best deal. And sometimes, I'm just going to say it out loud, in England especially and America, and I, I imagine it's the same in South Africa, sometimes, now don't leave the room, but sometimes Christians are the worst people to deal with. Can I get a witness? Okay. <laughs> in fact, when I was in full-time business, before I went into full-time ministry, when I was in full-time business, I actually preferred to deal with the world than I did Christians. Isn't that sad? Seriously, because they'd want something for nothing. And they'd want, well, I'm a brother in the Lord, or I'm a sister in the Lord, and I need this special deal. And, I, and, they, and you know what? It's, it's not good, but the world, they would, they would, you know. And if the world were upset at you, they'd just cuss you out. Christians, they'd say, oh, bless you. preaching this morning. <laughs> so don't be Mr. Squeezer. Don't be someone who tries to squeeze life. Negotiation is not about getting the most out of a deal. It's not about squeezing the deal. That's not what it's about. And, and Mr. Squeezer puts money or puts the, the deal ahead of people, which is always wrong. The second person you may, you may have met, or may, it might be you. I may be talking to you here today, is the advantage taker, okay? Someone who wants to take advantage. These people they will actually take advantage of the situation. So they pry on people in desperate situations. Now, how many of you know you can make money when people are in a desperate situation? Okay. In fact, let me say it this way, and again, stay in the room. You can make money with desperate situations in a godly way. I can't tell you how many times I've literally helped people. Now, what I've actually done a lot of the times, and I'm, you know, you don't tell your right hand, what you, you don't tell your left hand what your right hand's given and all that. So I'm not, but I'm just telling you, I've actually done this a lot where after the deal, I've given back and I've actually helped them. But even part of the deal has been helping them. So when people need their, their business, uh, you know, their business is in trouble and they can't pay their bills and you come along with cash and you can help them buy something from them or there's a deal going down, you can actually help them pay their rent or, or whatever it is. You can actually help in a desperate situation. Then there's desperate uh, situations. Then there's, then there's desperate um, businesses. There's things going on where, where there's, a, there's a crunch point and it's time and you can now, you could take advantage hear me now, in a godly way, we're not to, this we're talking about taking advantage by prying and actually using that for, against them for your benefit. So we're going to look at the balance of some of this, but the advantage taker, he'll come along and he'll just, he'll just take advantage. He wants, he wants people to, uh, he wants to, to use their, their, their bad situation against them, and, and basically he's going he's gonna to try and pry on them, and he's going to try and get the most out of them because he's trying to take advantage of the situation. And um, dealing with them, it's, it's you know, they, they can come in and, and, and again, if you've, you've been an innocent bystander and seen someone take advantage of someone, that's not godly. That's not a godly way of doing it. And it will make you feel, it will rub your spirit up the wrong way because it's not the godly way to do things. God never takes advantage of people. God never, is never godly to do business by taking advantage of people and putting people in a bad situation. So that's the advantage taker. And then the last one we're going to look at is just Mr. Liar, straight out lies. <laughs> or maybe we'll call it being economical with the truth okay. <laughs> being economical with the truth or bearing false witness and uh, I was out to eat one time with uh, Andrew Romack there was a big uh, uh, group of people and he's the most generous person he's always trying to buy the uh, dinner wherever you go okay so he's very generous he's probably the most generous person I know so I, I love to give so I thought this time I'm going to get him because he keeps every time so so the waitress come over before we even you know as we're sitting down I said I want to pick up the ticket for this meal there's about 12, 15 of us. And she said, oh, no. She said, that cowboy down the end, that guy down there. And I looked. She said, he's already. I said, we just walked in the restaurant. She, did, she said, no, he's already given me his card. He's paying for this meal. So I looked, and Andrew's down there smiling, waving. I thought, man, this guy's a pro. I thought, this is really good. So you know what I did? The way I negotiated this is I lied. <laughs> lied like a dog. I said, miss. I said, I said, come here close. I said to the server, to the waitress. I said, miss. I said, do you mean that man down there? She said, yeah. Andrew's down this morning. I said, I've got something to tell you about that man down there. I said, it's a little bit embarrassing. I said, but he's a terrible tipper. Like he's, I said, I said, he tips so bad. I said, and her eyes got real big, really. It's a big party of people. You know, in America, they live off the tips, right? The waitresses live off. That's how they get paid. I said, I'm telling you, I said, if you give me the bill, I said, 30% minimum. I said, it could be 50%. She said, really? I said, really? I'm telling you. I said, you don't want to let that man pay the bill. So at the end of it, I paid the bill. Andrew stood up. He slapped the table at the end of the meal. He said, you bear false witness about me. I said, but I got to pay for the bill. I said, I, got happy. I said, actual fact, Andrew, I said, you were bad. I told her you, you were a bad tipper compared to God. I said, you were very, you're very tight and ungenerous compared to God. I said, technically, technically, that's not a lie. But 
we joke about it, but we can, we can justify lying. And I've been there. I'm telling you, these, all these things we have to guard against ourselves because you can, you can be economical with the truth. You can, you can start saying things like leaving out certain details in the deal. Is that really loving that person? Is that really helping that person? You know, what you reap, you'll sow. And I'm telling you, I'm just telling you, I'll be transparent here in business. I've done that. I've actually left out details. Well, it's not lying. I've just left out these details. And you know what? It's not godly to do that. So you don't want to be, and, and obviously, it goes without saying, we don't want to out-and-out out lie and tell people lies. There's a lot of salesmen out there. When I, one of my first jobs in sales was selling used vehicles, used cars. And, and I learned early on, I was probably uh, 20 years old, maybe even 19. And I learned early on that people like honesty. And I became the top salesman in this, in this uh, dealership. And the reason was because I was honest. Like People would say to me, what's this like on petrol? What's the petrol mileage like? I say, it's terrible. This thing is going to cost you a fortune to run. Oh, oh, what about this car? Don't buy that. That's not a good car. I mean, I would just be that honest with them. And what happened was is the bosses would see that. They got mad at me. He said, you've got, to, you've got to lie to the customers. They're not going to buy from you if you don't, if you don't you know, you've got to push them into it and lie to them. I was like, no, I think they'll buy from me. I didn't tell them this, but I thought, no, actually, I think truth prevails. And what happened was people would come to that dealership and say, we want to deal with Ashley. And they say, well, he only works on Mondays and Tuesdays. Or whatever. We'll all come back then. And they came back because, you know, we built a trust with customers. They'd send their families. So the family became the top salesman. Now, I didn't do anything perfectly. I'm not trying to boast on me. But I didn't lie, and people actually liked that. And in that industry, lying it just goes with the power of the course. You can't be a car salesman without lying. Well, no, you can. And God promoted me, and it's, there's a spiritual aspect to this. But just out and out telling, telling lies or, or being, uh, exaggerating things like that is not good negotiation. So we want to make sure that we're none of these three. So what does the Word say? So the Word talks about... Negotiating the word talks about things uh, in business well. Is that this is this is Proverbs eleven one. This is a this is a, a great verse. Proverbs eleven one says, "Dishonest scours are an abomination to the Lord." Okay, dishonest scours are an abomination to the Lord. And we often leave that verse and just read that half of that verse. But look at the second half of this verse. I love this. The second half of this verse says, "But a just weight is his delight." A just weight is his delight. So think about this, business done right or business done honestly or negotiating done honestly and in a good way actually brings delight to the Lord. He actually loves it. And that's why the parables we read yesterday and, and Billy uh, taught on yesterday, God loves business done right. He loves it. I believe God's a capitalist. I believe he loves it when people, people negotiate right. I believe God loves it when, when things are done right, people are served and, be, and, and deals are done correctly. He loves uh, 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 an honest way. He loves business done right. In fact, the message uh, paraphrases it this way. The message Bible says, God hates cheating in the marketplace, but he loves it when business is done above board. He loves it when business is done above board. God hates cheating in the marketplace. He doesn't hate people. He hates the, 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 the cheating. Because, why? Because it, it hurts people. You've got to remember, this is a Christian. This is okay, right? This is a Christian business, grace in the marketplace, okay? So people always come first. People always come first. I've never regretted putting people over dollars. I've never regretted putting people over profit. I've never regretted it. Now, short term, my flesh might be, oh, man, I've just lost a bunch of money or in the natural, but it always comes around. It always comes around. People are eternal. Money is the least important thing. So really, if you do business in the terms of you want to bless and serve people, in fact, a good friend of mine puts it this way, if your business doesn't bless and serve people, then it's probably not worth doing it. Now, you can bless and serve people selling toilet paper. I mean, you can bless and serve people doing, you know, dustbin collection. It doesn't matter how seemingly low that business is. You can bless and serve people through that business. And I'm telling you, if, you, if your heart isn't to do that, then, uh, then you're not going to go. So put people for, always put people first. God loves it when, when, uh, when business is done right. In fact, God is delighted when business is done honest and fairly. This is Proverbs 16.11. I like this. This is in the New Living Translation. It says, the Lord demands fairness in every business deal. He sets the standard. That's uh, Proverbs 16.10. He, uh, 16.11. He sets the standard. God demands fairness in the business, in, the, in, in every business deal. He sets the standard. And then in Proverbs 20.10, it puts it this way. It says, diverse weights and diverse measures, they are both alike, an abomination to the Lord. So in case you didn't know, when they, when they used to weigh out things, like in a marketplace, if you was buying rice and you was going to buy a pound of rice, do you do pounds or kilograms here? Kilograms, Okay. In England, we're type of messed up. We're half imperial and half metric. Seriously. So we drive in miles, buy our petrol in liters. We go to, the, go to the wood store, the lumber yard, and we say, I want two meters of two-inch by four-inch wood. Seriously. No, no, no. We're half and half because, yeah. So America, when, when America tried to go metric, 
they just out and out, out and out uh, refused it, right? They said, we're not going to go metric. We're going to stick to imperial. When England, went imperial. when England went metric, we only half rebelled. So we're type of half imperial, half metric. So it's very confusing. So anyway, um, I say all that to say, they put the, the weights and they have kilogram weights, right? So say you have 10 kilograms. Well, they'd have that 10 kilogram weight and they'd make that actually 8 kilograms or 10 kilograms. But it would say 10 it would say. 10 kilograms on it, but they'd actually make it 8 kilograms. So when they put the weight on this side of the scales and then put your rice on this side of the scales, you're paying for 10 kilograms of rice. In actual fact, you're just getting 8 kilograms of rice. You see what I'm saying? Because the, the, the weights are untrue. They're, they're dishonest scales. They're dishonest weights. And that's how cheating happens in the marketplace. Now, we might not be out and out doing that, things like that, but where are we cutting corners? Where are we doing things where we're possibly leaving, some, ev- leaving some, some facts out, where we're possibly not doing the best we can, and we're actually cheating people in that way? So I'm not getting hard on you today. This is grace in the marketplace, right? God loves us all. Praise God. But if we want the best, if you want to experience the best business, the best life with God, if you want to experience the best, then we put godly principles in place. God's empowered us to do this. This is who we are, by the way, in the Spirit. In fact, let me put it this way. If you try and go against this, you're going against your very nature because your very nature is God's nature. 1 John 4, 17 says, As he is, as Jesus is, so are you in this world. Not just when you get to heaven, right now. If you're born again today, right now in your spirit realm, you are just like Jesus. And he said, that's a strong word, actually. That's the truth. So when you try and do things outside of God's principles, it actually rubs you up the wrong way. It's actually like stroking a cat backwards, right? It doesn't fit you. So sometimes when we're in lack of peace and sometimes when things aren't working out is because we're trying to do things against our true nature. And our true nature in business is doing it God's way. And have you know, God knows how to do business. God knows the best principles. God knows the best ways. In fact, I, I was thinking this the other day. You know, if you could meet with the, with the 10 wealthiest, most successful people in the world every morning and pick their brains about your business or whatever your business is or whatever your ministry or church or whatever you do is, Imagine getting the best advice from the best people every morning. Wouldn't that help you? Well, how do you know we've got infinitely better than that? We get to speak to the maker and the creator of the universe every day, permanently, and we can get his advice and his counsel, and he's written it in a book, praise God. He's given it in, his, in our spirit. So when we do things God's way, that's when it works the best. That's when we have peace, and that's where the blessing is. That's when we start flying in the blessing. That's when the supernatural things happen. That's when if you was the five-talent guy and you worked really hard and you got another five talents and now you have ten talents, that's when you just get added a talent because you're doing things God's way. That's when supernatural increase, you, you open the door to supernatural increase. So diverse weights and diverse measures, they are both alike an abomination of the Lord. I love this one. This is, this is how the message translation puts it, okay? Switching price tags God hates, okay? Switching the price tags. I've been in situations where people have, uh, you know, people have gone to buy something and they've, and they've literally, like, they've turned around. I was, I was at one deal once and the guy turned around and went back and while he was gone, they upped the price. I heard them talking to each other. They said, this guy can pay more for this and that and up the price. He came back again. He said, I thought this was X amount of money. They said, oh, no, 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 you must have misread it. And I was looking at them like, I'm going I'm to blow the whistle here if you don't do something. And they're like, but we can do it for that price if that's what you thought it was. And I was like, yeah, you're, you're cheating. You're, you're, trying to, you're trying to steal from them. So it is good for nothing. This is, we're talking about negotiating this morning, right? This is not how to negotiate. You do not do this. It's good for nothing, cries the buyer. This is the Proverbs 2014. But when he goes his way, he makes his boast. Imagine that. You find something and you say, you know what? This is no good. Pastor Father, this Lexington is no good. Look, it's wobbly. It's type of a bit flimsy here. This is no good. I tell you what, I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to, I'm going to do you a favor because this is such, this is trash. I mean, this is terrible. This is, look at this. It's, it doesn't even stay right. There's no, there's no way to put your water in here or, or Kleenex. Uh, type of, it's type of dinky. It's too small. It's not high enough. This is, this is a trash podium right here. So I'll do you a favor. I'll, I'll, give, you, I'll give you $5. $5 for this podium right there because it's trash. I mean, I'm, I'm helping you out. Really, you should just go and put it in the dustbin. It's so bad. And then he says, yeah, $5. And I take a person. I say, Billy, look at this podium. This is awesome. Man, it's got these sleek sides here. It's flat here. It's just the right height. Man, it's perfect. I love this podium. This is a great podium. You see what I did there? That's, how, that's not godly. That's not godly. I'm taking advantage of one person, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm lying. I'm, I'm bearing false witness. I'm saying it's good for nothing. This is no good. And this is how some people negotiate. They say, well, this is no good. This car, this house, this property, this land, this furniture, whatever it is, this business, whatever it is, you say, that's no good, it's, it's trash. And then you go your way and make your boast. Woohoo! I got a great deal, this is awesome. It's not godly, it's not a godly way to negotiate. Whatever you do, 
do it heartedly as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward. Okay, when you do things unto God, Colossians 3.23 and 24, you're going to receive the reward when you do it as unto God. So a few things, a few pointers on negotiating, okay? The first thing is your word must be good. When you give your word to something, when you start talking about something, your word must be good. Now, this is so much deeper than business. Here's the deal. When we say things and we don't, our word isn't good, we break our word, it's powerful because what happens is, is you, can, you can say, and, and in little things, and I'm not picking on anyone, I, I'm challenging myself here. Well, I'll see you at 8 o'clock. You know, and you know full well, man, I'm not going to get there till 8.30. Okay? Little things like that. I'll pray. When people say, can you pray for me? I'll pray for him right there. Yeah, and I'll go away and I'll say, I'll pray for Billy right there because I don't want to, you know. So our word, when we give someone our word and say we're going to do something, then we have to do it because otherwise what happens is, is when you're sick or when you're in a situation and you declare the word of God over your body, your body's going to be like, well, you didn't, you didn't, the last 10 things you said you never meant, so why should I believe this part of it? So there's a spiritual aspect to this. We want, we want to remember, we, we're not, you can't separate business from, the, from your walk with the Lord. In fact, it's dangerous when you do that. It really is. In fact, I, I don't even like terms like full-time ministry and full-time business and things like that. I happen to believe that Jesus went out and found his disciples in the marketplace while they were working. Jesus did most of his ministry in business, in work, think about that. Go through, go through the Gospels. Go through the four Gospels and look at how many times did Jesus do miracles and, and things happen in the synagogue compared to on a fishing boat or at a tax, table, a tax collector's house and things like that. So, he's, so we can't separate these two things. They're one. And if we try and separate them, then it's, it's not good for us. So when you give your word, it has to be good. And, and, and you, you don't want to be saying things. In fact, um, Proverbs 15.4 puts it this way. He who swears to his own hurt. He who swears to his own hurt, okay? So when you say something, you've got to follow through. So that's why be careful in business what you, what you promise. You know, you heard the, the adage, um, uh, under-promise and over-deliver. You're always better over, uh, under-promising and over-delivering. You're always then over-promising and under-delivering. So if you're not sure about something, don't say, I can do this, I can do that, I can make this happen, and then you can't follow through. Much better to say, I know I can definitely do this, and if you can do more, then it's a bonus, Otherwise, it becomes a negative because now you're letting people down. Your word isn't good. So you want to make sure your word's good. Now, this happened to me so many times. One time I was buying, a, 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 it was actually a, a, a truck I was buying when I was wholesaling cars. I was buying this truck and this guy, and he came out, and he turned out to be a World War II veteran. And anyway, he actually flew over my town in England and was bombing. He was up in his 80s. And I turned to him, and this is in America, and I turned to him and I said, I said, thank you for helping my country. Just, you know, I know people get all upset about this type of thing, but I just, I'm the type of naive. I'm just like, I happen to believe that America helped England and it was a godly thing. So I said, I said, Second World War. So I said, thank you for helping my country. He started crying. He said, no one's ever, no, no one from England's ever told me that. And I said, thank you. I said, because you helped, you helped us win the war, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, he cried. We had a moment. It was special. And I said, I'll buy your truck. Shook his hands, full price. I walked away. What do I do? I was like, this is, this is terrible. But I walked away, and I was coming back the next day to pick up. You know, I, I was like, man, I'm, I'm overpaying. This guy was asking too much because at the time, I was like, I'm not buying this. This is too much. But you know what? I gave my word. I shook his hand. I gave my word. I got caught up in the emotion. I gave my word, and I was like, I'm going to swear to my own hurt. And the Lord said, you better follow through. And I didn't have to, but I gave my word. There was no money exchange, no contract, but I gave a word. So I came back the next day, and I, and I gave my word. I, I gave him the, the, the financing for this truck. I gave him the cash for this truck. And then after I bought it, I was like, oh, man, this is, this is terrible. He said, oh, before you leave, he said, I've got some extra things. He opened his garage up, and I didn't know this. He had all these extra things for this truck that he wasn't even part of the deal. And he said, he said you can have all this. And I'm talking about thousands, literally thousands of dollars worth of stuff. We're talking about toppers, hitches, uh, gas tanks, toolboxes, all this stuff that I sold for thousands. I made money on that in the end. So always, it's always best to keep your word. Keep your word when, you, when, you, when you're uh, doing a business Always keep your word. Always under-promise and over-deliver. And really, the best thing is, is you can, you can uh, uh, get it in a place where you can, uh, you can deliver well. And when you can deliver well, but make sure you can when you give your word, make sure it's good. So how would you like to be treated? We're talking about negotiating this morning. How would you like to be treated? So Matthew uh, uh, 25, you all know this story, but let me read it. Matthew 25, and I'll cut right in here. This is uh, Jesus separating the sheep and the goats. And he says, Matthew 25, he said, I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Listen to this. 
Jesus is talking in the first person here. So he's saying that this wasn't actually Jesus. He was, he was talking about people, right? How we treat people is how we're treating God. So if, if Jesus walked in, how would you treat Jesus? Or if your pastor walked in, how do you treat your pastor compared to anyone else? If it's different, then maybe we're in trouble. Well, I'd never do my pastor like that. Well, why are you doing this person off the street like that then? So what, you know, I, would, I respect that person. I'm going to treat him right. But this person down here, I don't know them. They type of... They don't, deserve a, they don't deserve my honesty. Now, every person, if you think about it this way, if we look at every person as Jesus, we're going to start doing business differently. We're going to want to help them, bless them, and have the best for them. And this is kingdom way of doing business. When you do that, when you put that person first and say, you know what, I want to... So what about this in Matthew 25, 35? What about if I was to add to the Bible and say, I was trading and negotiating and you were honest with me and you was honest and fair with me. How about that? How about, you know... How you treat others is how we're treating God. And we love God by loving people. We serve God by serving people. And, and when we treat people the right way, and you might say, actually, this is, this is too good to be true. You can't actually love people and serve people and negotiate and get good business deals. Well, how do you know? Most of the things in the kingdom of God look impossible. That doesn't make sense. You're telling me I can increase financially by giving money away. Proverbs 11.24, Acts 20.35 more blessed to give than receive. You're telling me I can love my enemies and come out victorious. You're telling me I can be last, but I'll come out first. You're telling me I can be the greatest leader by being the greatest servant. You see how all these things in the kingdom of God don't make logical sense. In fact, God's way is usually the opposite of the world's way of doing things. You're telling me I'm going to get the best deal if I put the other person first and love and serve them. Yeah, if you're in faith and you're doing it godly, I'm telling you, it works, praise God. You can do business by loving and serving people. And guess who's going to promote you? Guess who's going to give you the supernatural increase? It's God. It's God when you do that. When you do that, it's God that does that. You're allowing God in and you do it by faith. And it'll take faith to do this. It'll take faith to do this. But I'm telling you, kingdom business done by faith is where the power's at. Now, I'm not telling you to go flaky and just, you know, pray and don't do your research and don't do your, don't do your due diligence and don't do all these things. I'm not telling you to do that. But I'm telling you, when it comes to dealing with people and negotiating with people, okay, you do it godly, you do it a kingdom way, and you'll always come out on top. So negotiation is not one-sided. It's not about one person winning and one person losing. It's not a zero-sum game. People think negotiating is about, I'm going to win, and they're going to lose. No, it's about two people winning in, in, in a deal. So why you need to learn negotiating skills? First of all, you can save money on future transactions. Whenever you're buying something, you can save money. When you're buying and selling things, whatever you're doing, you can save money. You can make more money. You can save more money. And you, and you, can, you can grow your business and profits without any new sales or any new customers. So whatever your business is, so right now there's some people in this room, you could just go to your vendors. You could go to the people you buy from. You get your wholesale things from. And just by talking to them and negotiating with them, you can lower your price of goods that you're buying Okay, And then, on the other side, just by talking and negotiating with your customers, you can up your price on the sales. Right there, you've just made a, a margin a, a, that you never had before. You're buying the same product. You're selling the same product. You're using the same vendors. You're selling to the same customers. But you've just upped your profit margin. You've just made more money just by having a few conversations, just by negotiating. You can actually change it. In fact... You can take, I've taken things that I've done from negative to positive just by negotiating. Negotiating terms, negotiating uh, the structure of the deal, just by negotiating. Don't change anything. You don't have to fire anyone. You don't have to hire anyone. Just by having a conversation, negotiating. And if you do that, uh, you, could, you can make money. You can, you can save money. You can make money. And it's amazing that you can do that about any marketing, about anything like that, just by talking. You can get the most potential out of anything. Okay? You can get the most potential out of anything if you're prepared to negotiate. In fact, you can even use this for other things other than business. So when I was working at um, Andrew Roman Ministries, for instance, I was uh, a head of a department, and I needed this lady. She was a recruiter. I needed her in my department. So I called the other department, you know, because we were always honoring. So I called the other department and said, listen, I would really like to hire this lady. And they said, no way. She's too valuable to us. We can't release her at the moment. He said, she's got at least three months of this project to finish, blah, blah, blah. So that was the end of the conversation. Now, what does the negotiation do? I was like, I need it for my department. They need it for her department. So I got and sat down with the person, her boss, and negotiated and said, okay, how can we come together and make this work? And we started negotiating. I said, what about if she come and works for me 
Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and she works for you Thursday, Friday. So that's not going to work because of this. Okay, what about if this happens or that happens? What about if my department pays her and you, you can still get the benefit? We worked it out. Guess what happened? We worked out a deal. I, I think she ended up working for me in the mornings and them in the afternoons for three or, or six months, I think it was. So we both won. Both of our departments won. And then we're not talking about money here. We're talking about an, an hiring someone, negotiating that way. We, I negotiate my kids. If you have strong-willed kids, you're going to have to negotiate with them because just telling them, Little Johnny, you do this right now. If he's a leader, he's going to be like, uh-uh. There ain't no way. It could be two years old, right? Two years old. No, no way. They're going to happen. Negotiate with them. Okay, what would you like to do? You want to do this. Okay, so you want to go to Disneyland tonight, okay? And I want you to go to school. Let's negotiate. <laughs> how, about, how about you go to school and after school, I'll, I'll watch a Disney movie with you. You know, you can negotiate. If you, if, you, if you do this with people, it's giving them respect. It's giving them honor. It's giving them a voice. And, it's, and you can both win. So uh, you can both win when you negotiate. So he who speaks last, okay? So this, here's, some, here's a few practical things when you negotiate. And this is especially when we're talking about buying and selling things, especially when we're in business. But whether we're buying and selling or trading, try to let the other person talk price first. So he who speaks last it always has the power. So let someone else determine the price. Let someone else determine what's going on. I can't tell you how many times I've been in a situation and said, how much do you need for this? Or, or how much would you charge me to do this? Okay, and I'm thinking, man, I'd pay, them, I'd pay them $100 right now to do this. And they come around and say, I'd be really happy if you gave me $80. Well, they're happy, I'm happy, and that's $20 extra in the kingdom. <laughs> so he who speaks last, okay? Oh, in fact, you want to go the extra mile and do it godly? They say, I, I need $80. They say, well, here's 90 Now, you've won and they've won, okay? These are some practical ways that you can actually implement this, and both parties can be blessed. This will save you, not only will this save you money, it will save you offense, He'll say, people get mad. Say, how much do you want for this item? And they say, I don't know. You just make me an offer. Dangerous territory. They say, well, I'll give you, I'll give you $200. What? You're kidding me? That thing's worth a thousand all day long. How dare you, cheapskate, you're trying to steal from me? Always get them to talk price first. Whether you're buying or selling, always get them to talk price first. Whether you're the one who's receiving the service or you're the one giving the service, how much would you like to pay? What do you think it's worth? Let them speak first. And, and you be the, you be, when it comes to negotiation, sometimes less talk is more. Okay? When buying, don't say things like this. If you're buying something, don't say things like, well, is there any chance you might go any lower? You know? Would you, you know, would you go any lower? No, that's not good negotiation. What about, I don't suppose you'd consider taking anything less? These aren't good phrases when it comes to negotiating. So, are you firm on the price? These are all type of dead-end things. They're going to say, no, end of the deal. Instead, you use terms like this, okay? Here's what I'm prepared to pay. Here's what I'm prepared to pay with a smile on your face, okay? Now, when I'm doing business with people one-on-one, I'm building rapport first, okay? I'm building rapport. What's that? Really, all people prefer is others reflecting themselves, right? So, really, you want to come up with something in common, and, and start to build a rapport with that person, and you want to you get to know them. Now, not just for business, just because it's good ministry to get to know someone and, and be interested in them if you're genuinely interested in them. So I'm always genuinely interested in that person. So I'll start talking about whatever it is we've got in common. I'll find something in common, and I'll talk to them. So I'll build up a bit of rapport, and then when it comes to negotiating, it makes it easy, and I'll say things like, here's what I'm prepared to pay. Now, you don't want to say, this is all I've got. I've had people say this, all I've got. I've got $30,000, and that is it. I haven't got a penny more. And then by the end of the day, they've given you 35000 And I say, they just, they just lied to me. They had an extra 5000 They didn't tell me. Say, say, this is what I'm prepared to pay instead. How about this? I'll buy this today. I'm going to buy this. We're going to do this deal. This deal is going to happen today if it's low enough, if it's, if it's a good enough price for me. These are phrases that are going to help you negotiating. What about this? What other offers have you had so far? This is a great strength. If, if you're buying... What, so what other offers you had? So, no, so, okay, so you've had no other offers. Or someone's already offered you X amount of money for this business. Or someone's already offered you X amount of money for this service. Okay, now you know, now you've got a gauge point. Now you know you've got to go a little bit higher or a little bit lower. What offers have you had so far? Don't be too quick to agree on price. Do not be too quick to agree on price. Some people just say, done, deal, bam, and they're too quick. You can take time, okay? You can take time with this. You don't have to be too quick. In some circumstances, it's good to even start before you even meet them. So you can actually start negotiating. I've done this when it comes to buying and selling things. I've talked on the phone to them and I've said things like, you know, I'll come down there, I'll make the journey if it's, if it's a good enough deal. And then you can counter-offer. People don't like to counter-offer. You can counter-offer. I tell people you can counter-offer. When you're trying to agree on a price, don't be embarrassed to counter-offer multiple times. You can go back and forth multiple times. Now, it's important to build some rapport first. 
it's important to build rapport first. And this, this, will, work in, this will work in high-level business. I've, this will work anywhere. When you build rapport with someone, it, most things are done on relationship. In fact, the best things in the kingdom of God are done on relationship. So if you build rapport with someone, whether you're buying or selling to them, you can, uh, you can count them off multiple times. When moving on price, try to keep to small increments. So if you, you know, just an example, if you're buying something for, for 10,000 rand, and, I, and you say, will you take 5,000 rand? And they say, no. And, and then you say, well, how about 5,500? And they say, no, I really want, you know, 9,000. You're coming up in small increments. You're still negotiating, but you're coming up in smaller increments. They're coming down in thousands. You're going up in hundreds, okay? <laughs> and it feels like we want, we're, we're, we're negotiating, okay? This, so move, move slowly on price. You don't have to go on big increments. And humor helps. I'm telling you, humor or lightheartedness will really help in any situation, it's going to help because if it gets intense and, everyone's, and it becomes like a cold war and everyone's like, who's going to be like, a, like an intense chess game? You don't want that situation. In fact, the best situation really is to get them, work with them, get them people on your side or you get on their side. And often we'll have, you know, if we're negotiating over this, the person will be this side and the, and the seller will be this side and the buyer's this side. And what happens is, is they're against each other. Okay, what I like to do is I like to come around here on the, on the seller's side on the buyer's side, and I say, right, how are we going to work together to get this deal done? See, this deal over here, this business or this item or whatever it is you're buying or selling, that's the issue. We are people, we're working together to make this deal happen. It's a very different position, okay? And it's a godly way of doing things. And what happens is you can set it up so you both win, and the, and the item, the thing that is of no value, okay, that's the one that's going to take the punishment. Well, we don't, you're working together, do you understand me? We're not working against each other. So, when buying, okay, if you're buying something, be sensitive. Don't talk trash about their treasure. Whatever it is you're buying from them, remember, these people value that thing that you're buying, that business or that service or whatever it is. Don't talk trash about their treasure, even if it is trash. Even if it is trash. I've been saying, you're kidding me. Are you serious? And they're showing me this house or they're showing me this business or they're showing me this, this car or this this RV, a motorhome, or they're showing me whatever it is, this, this furniture, and they think it's, it's awesome. And I'm like, this thing is trash. <laughs> or rubbish, right? It's rubbish. Don't speak rubbish about their stuff, okay? Only point out genuine issues. So you can use issues to negotiate. Again, you come around to the seller side, and you say, look, you know, now, wouldn't you agree with me that maybe... You know, this podium would be better if it had hard sides, but it's got soft sides and it's got a, a scratch here. You can actually use genuine things to negotiate, but always be genuine. Proverbs 2014. Make sure it's genuine pointers and make sure you're sensitive when you're doing it. And sell your position as a buyer. When you're negotiating, you sell your position as a buyer. You say, you know what? I'm here right now and I can, I can close. I can, I can buy this house. I don't need finance and I've got cash. Or I'm, I'm here right now. You need this you need this boat taken out of your yard because the neighbors are mad at you, you know, and they told you he's got to go today. I can, t- I've, right now, I've got the equipment to, to get this out right now. Or I've, you've got this here right now. I can, I can actually take this out and clear this all out right now. You can sell your position as a buyer. And you can say, you know, I've got the, I've got the money. I've got the financing. I've got the, the equipment, whatever it is. I've got the team of people that can do it. I can make this happen for you right now. That's selling your position as a buyer. And if someone else comes along and offers them more money, but it's going to take them two weeks or a month to sort it out, or it's going to take them, you know, uh, uh, whatever it is, they're, they're, they're less of value than you. And you can save money by selling your position as a buyer. When you're buying something, whatever it is, you can sell your position as a buyer. When selling, how about this? Emphasize the positives. If you're selling something, again, we're not talking about exaggerating. We're not talking about um, uh, bearing false witness, but we're talking about emphasizing the, net, the, the positive about something. So if something's positive emphasize it. Tell them how good it is. Tell them how, how, what a good service you can do. Tell them how your business is better than, the, the, you know, than other businesses. I wouldn't name other businesses, but I would say, you know, what we do, and this is a great classy way to do it, if you like. If, you have a, if you're in the service industry, they say, well, what about so-and-so? They've, they, they're cleaners. Say so you're a cleaner. They're cleaners. And what about so-and-so? And you say, I don't know about them. But what I can tell you is, is when my company cleans your offices, they're going to do under the desk. They're going to empty every trash can. They're going to wash the trash can out. UPS, right? You're giving them, giving them uh, uh, extra selling points, unique selling propositions, unique selling positions. And you tell them, you boast on your company. Don't have to bring other companies down. I don't know about them, but this is what we do. 
and you boast and you emphasize the positive of your company or your, or your item that you're selling and you emphasize the positive in, in a godly way. Mention that you have lots of inquiries if you have. So if, you, if you're selling something and your phone's blown up, you've got so many inquiries, it's a hot thing, then emphasize that. This conference here is sold out, okay? You, we had lots of people, I had people almost mad at me, Greater the market, but I want to go. And it's like, but they've sold out tickets. And I'm sorry, that's what's happened. You know what? This is, a, this is a good selling point. It's sold out. It's a sold out. We didn't plan this, but it's a sold out deal. Now, what's going to happen is, is we, we, can, we can tell people, you know, Design a Life. You better buy your tickets for Design a Life because this conference sold out. Design a Life is going to sell out, right? So that's, a, that's actually a, a positive thing. We're saying, you know, we've had a lot of, a lot of interest you better be quick to move. I've had a lot of people say they're going to buy this. If you want to buy it, you better buy it now if, you, if you're selling something. What about this? Do not come across as desperate. Oh, I'm so glad. Man, I'm so glad. Man, you, you're calling about des- the design of life? Man, I'm so glad. We've, got, we've only sold two, two tickets. I mean, it, okay, that's not true. But I'm just saying, don't, don't come across desperate. Please buy this from me. No, don't come across desperate. It's, it's not, it's not going to inspire them. So when selling, bring to the point of decision and ask direct questions. Sometimes people don't like to buy and sell, don't like to, to bring people to a point of decision. People want to be brought to a point of decision. And if you, say, if you, if you bring it up and say to them, look, what do you think about this? Have we got a deal or not? Be direct. Smile. You've built a bit of rapport. Have I got your business or not? Have I got your, can I, can I sign this, con- are you going to sign this contract or not? And bring them to a point of decision. In love, smiling, bring them to a point of decision. Ask them, is this, what do you think? What's the feedback? And what you want to do is at least get their feedback to know why you missed it, why they didn't buy from you, or why they didn't use your business. You want to find out why. If they're not going to do business with you, if they're not going to buy your product, then they're not your customer anyway. So find out. Use that as research. Find out now, what could I have done differently? And it all depends on what business you're in or what you're buying and selling. But I've done things where I've called them out and said, hey, I noticed last week you was interested in this and you didn't follow through with your purchase. I just want to ask you, what could I have done to win your business? Just be honest, what could I have done? Oh, nothing. But one of them out of ten might tell you genuinely, well, you know what, if, you'd, if it had been cheaper, I would have bought it. Oh, you know what, the one down the street, they offer you know, this, this, and this. And I say, well, what about if I offer that as well? Would you do business with me? Well, yeah, if you could do the same as them, I'll do business with you. You just want another customer, want another contract, want another deal. So I always ask for feedback, find out what could I have done, ask them, bring them to a point of decision. Before agreeing on an offer, qualify the deal. So if you're selling something or buying something, qualify the deal. Make sure that everyone's clear. Say to them, you know, for instance, example, if you accept my offer, okay, you're going to take it today and you're paying cash, correct? Is it, are, we, are we clear on what's going to happen here? So you know and they know exactly what's going to happen. And then if there's no deal, ask them, what would it, what I've just emphasized is, what would, you, what would have made you buy it? What could I do? I always say, if someone's walking away and they're not going to do a deal with me, I say to them, hey, what, come on, we... Again, we're both on this side, right? This is the issue. What could we have done to, do, to make this happen? What could I have done? And I can't tell you how many times I've won business or, or sold things and made money because I've taken that extra step and asked them, what could I have done to help you? And like, sometimes it's the simplest thing. It's the smallest thing. I'm like, man, I can do that. And I'm saying, well, if I do that, would you buy it? Yeah, I'd buy it if you did that. Or yeah, I would use your company if, if you did this. And I can make that happen. And a lot of the time, it doesn't even cost money to do that. But it's just something that they didn't, because no one's verbalizing it. So verbalize it, be direct with them. Once price is agreed, confirm the details. Make sure that everyone, everything's clear. If it's, it, you might make sure everything's in writing and clear. Make sure that you give them a final get out. When you negotiate, sometimes you negotiate, negotiate. Before we do the deal, before we shake hands or sign a contract or whatever it is, I say to them, now, let's just be clear now. Again, me and you. Are you happy? Well, I think you're, I think you're squeezing me. This isn't fair. Okay, if it's not fair, no deal. I want you to be happy. I want to hear it from them. I say, are you happy with this deal? Well, I'm only half happy. Well, okay, well, I can't go any higher. So if you don't want to sell to me, it's no problem. And you're genuine about that. You know, I don't want to take any advantage of you. I don't want to make And they say, no, 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 I understand. I'm happy to do the deal. I want to hear it from them because I want to make sure that I'm treating them in a godly way. And I want to make sure that I'm not taking advantage of them because I'm going to reap what I sow. I want to make sure I'm loving them and treating them fairly. So I always ask them. And I have backed out of deals before now and it feels good to do that. What doesn't feel good is if you don't do that, you manipulate them into the deal, you type of pressure them into the deal, they do the deal, and you walk away, and you're not going to feel good because it's not a godly way of doing it. And then, you know, just in practical terms, they can, they can go and tell their, their competitors, they can tell other people, that person didn't treat me right. That's not good advertising. That's not good marketing anyway. 
once both parties are agreed, um, uh, make sure they're, they're is happy, seal the deal, make sure there's a, a point of decision. Before you start negotiating, it's critical to prepare, okay? So I'm going to whip through this because I've realized I'm, I'm running out of time here. So before you start negotiating, prepare. You need to prepare, okay? What's the item worth? You need to find out what the item is worth. You need to find out if the item, what, the, what the true value is. Remember, we talked about the yesterday, research, research, research. Find out, do your homework. Uh, what is the highest you're going to pay and what's the lowest you're going to pay? What's, the, what's your points? Especially if you're going to an auction or something like that, you get caught up in emotion and before long you've overpaid or you've sold something too cheap. So do some research. Make sure you know what something's worth and what is your plan of action. Make sure you have a plan of action. Make sure you know what's going on. Whether you're buying or selling, you're the person that should be in control. Okay, now if you get two people coming together that are both taking my course, there's going to be some, some, uh, some logging, but it's going to be fine. Stay in control. You don't have to be manipulated. You don't have to be pressured. In fact, if you feel pressure or you feel manipulated, I would then back off. I don't want to be pressured or manipulated into anything. I want to make my own decision. I want to be in control. So don't be pressured. Don't get offended. Stay calm. Okay, and do not get emotionally involved or too emotionally involved. You can get too emotionally involved where it's like uh, all of a sudden you're type of you're type of, uh, uh, you, you buy with your heart instead of your head. Humor is a serious help. I've talked about this. Keep it lighthearted. Do not let things get too intense. Humor eases both the parties. Both people are going to be happier when, they're, when, they're, when you're using humor and it's lighthearted. And you can say a lot more in humor. Uh, you can say a lot more when, when, you're, when you're saying things in humor. You can say things in jest. Now, come on. Are, you re- are we really going to lose this deal over 50 rand? Come on. This is, come on. We're not, we're, let's do this deal. Let's make this happen. Come on. I thought, I thought we were friends. Come on. And you can use humor to, get, to say a lot of things. So small talk has a big impact. Make rapport with people. Make sure they, they understand. Make sure the other person has a rapport with you. Make sure you, you, you're, uh, you've connected with them. Okay? And then uh, uh, make sure that you're... Because people buy from people. Where whatever the business is, people ultimately... The, the, still the greatest marketing is word of mouth. Still the greatest, the greatest power in, in marketing and branding is word of mouth. Is what people are saying about your business or saying about you. And then people are the true riches. Always put people first. No matter how much money is involved. Always put people first, praise God. Uh, always use the royal law, okay? Love others as you want to be loved. Uh, that's why we negotiate. Be prepared for ministry opportunities, okay? You can minister in these situations. It's great. Negotiate is not one-sided. The best negotiations are when everyone involved is blessed. And this has happened time and time over me. I've, done, I've had great deals where I've made money, made great amounts of money, and both parties are blessed. I'm blessed, they're blessed, everyone's happy. That's a godly kingdom way of negotiating. Negotiating is a tool you can use in your business right now, even in your, dare I say it, your church, in your, in your ministry, in your, in your family, wherever. You can use negotiating in a godly way, praise God, to see things happen and see things move forward and to make money. And it's a powerful thing you can use. It's a God-given gift we've got to be able to negotiate with each other and trying to, try to, in an honest and godly way, praise God, and see things happen. Amen. So can I pray for you before, we, before I finish this session? Father God, I thank you, Lord. I thank you that you give us opportunities. I thank you, Lord, for people sat right here for opportunities to negotiate, opportunities to make more money, opportunities to give more into the kingdom. And I thank you, Lord, that your heart is for us to treat others as we want to be treated. I thank you, Lord, for businesses being able to witness and being able to win people for you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that how we treat others, Lord, is how we're going to be treated. And I thank you, Lord, you can never be out given. As we give and love on others, Lord, we're going to reap that back and we're going to be even more successful. People say, that's impossible. It's your way, Lord. All things are possible for those who believe, Lord. And we, we commit to run our businesses. We commit to run our business, whatever that is, in, in godly ways, Lord, in your ways. And I thank you, Lord, we will never lose when we do it your way. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today.